0: Hello and welcome to the Midnight Film Review. My name is Brian Stevens, and with me today is...
1: You can call me David Film Talk, or just David, and uh, I'm very grateful to be here, thank you, Brian.
0: David, it's exciting to um, talk to someone new. Uh, this is your first
1: podcast, right? This, you said this is the first time you've ever been on a podcast? That's correct, yeah, I've never been on a podcast before, so I'm, I'm feeling uh, fresh right now.
0: All right, well, I, uh, I'm glad that I get to be your first. And I will say that – so we met through TikTok, which I – you know, I I, want to talk about TikTok just for a second here if you don't mind. So Mm -hmm. it's the app that I feel like um, I love to hate, um, but it has – introduced me to so many different takes, new people. I would have never met you. I would have never had you on here probably uh, if it wasn't for TikTok. And uh, I liked your videos. You had a a running segment of um, cats in film. Um, I'll give you a a second to talk about that in a minute and let let, you know talk about your film journey. But um, I I was like, you know, uh, regular co-host Drew, she can't be on here. And so uh, maybe she'll pop back on in the future. But... I needed to get the show out, and I needed uh, uh, someone, so I reached out to you, and you said yes, and so here we are. So it's great to have you on. Tell me a little bit about your film journey. You know how what got you into film, and about those cats on film.
1: Yeah. So if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of start backwards because you mentioned TikTok, and yeah. um, you know, so I'm really only on TikTok. I mean, I have like a personal Instagram and stuff. Um, I'm not really necessarily in it for all the views and followers and stuff. I have just had a l- kind of lull in my uh, creativity and, and i found that creating the TikTok videos is kind of like my outlet for that and then i found the, the TikTok, or the film talk community um like you said you know we've been able to meet i've you know there's all sorts of uh, people on there that you know i've been able to connect with and so i love that um i have a lot of friends that kind of push me to get on youtube and and you know create content every day and stuff and it's like yeah i mean i, I could but i It's not really my thing. Um, So going back to the beginning, you know, I've always been super into film. Um, I majored in film in college. I ended up getting an MFA in film production, film and TV production. I taught high school uh, audio video tech for a couple of years. I taught some college certificate classes, and um, now I work in live television Always have made uh, short films. I've worked on a a few feature films, nothing anybody's ever heard of or anything like that, just independent, kind of small stuff. But film is is my life. I mean, if I'm not working on something or if I'm not at work, uh, you know, controlling cameras, then I am at home watching movies or editing, practicing my editing skills, uh, just making my TikToks, doing some screen recording. I've got a microphone like, you know, a lot of other uh, TikTokers, and I just try to keep. you know, sharing the love. And I I don't know that I have anything particularly uh, new to bring to the conversation, I guess, but I do (laughs) love to spark conversation. And that's where I got with the cat thing. Um, You know, I appreciate you bringing up the cat videos. It's been a while since I've made one, but I just hadn't seen, I mean, the cats are, are such a weird part of film and they don't really, there's like a few different categories that I've noticed that cats kind of play a specific role in movies. And, um, I just hadn't seen people like take the time out of their day to really talk about them. Um, so I just was like, Oh, I'm just going to make a series. I'm just going to talk about movies that are about cats and see where that goes. <laughs> and, uh, I, I mean, it's one of my fa- It's Actually, it's probably the easiest videos that I have to make cause they're real yeah. quick and it's not a full review. I'm just kind of like, Hey, here's this movie about cats and <laughs> right. this is what it is. And that's it. Um, so, uh, but that's my journey that brings me right here today on on your podcast. That's
0: awesome. Uh, you are um, you might not know this, but cats play a very integral role in the uh, Midnight Film Review. So okay, okay. Um, this podcast started out with, uh, my friend and I lived in Cincinnati and we would just wanted to talk about film at that time. There was no such thing as TikTok, Well, if it was, it was like musically or something. This podcast has been around since 2015. So we just started recording ourselves talking and it kind of went on from there, but he has a, he had a love for cats. And so as a joke, he asked, Hey, if you're listening to the show, we are trying to get more people involved in emails, send us pictures of your cat. So we got a bunch of emails of pictures of cats. Uh, and one of the emails I'm going to uh, list off here in a minute from a long time listener. He, he <laughs> rescues lots of cats, uh, okay, like okay. lots and lots of cats. Um, and so, yeah, so we've gotten, uh, to know a lot of our listeners through their cats. So cats are an important part of this podcast. <laughs> well, speaking of cats, yeah, I don't know if you can see, yeah. but uh,
1: my cat pinky is just chilling in the background here. She, uh, you know, she likes to hang out with me whenever I'm in my office space uh, doing whatever. She's gonna always be here with me. So adorable, adorable.
0: Well, uh, let us know where we can find more of your work on the internet. Uh, you're, I guess, you're gonna probably plug your
1: TikTok. Yeah, my TikTok is gonna be my number one plug. I kind of like, you know, since I haven't been looking for new work or anything, I haven't really. You know, I took my website down and all that. I'm, I'm not. So interested in y'all checking that stuff out. But please check my TikTok out. It's um David Film Talk T O K. And uh uh yeah, join join me, join the discussion there. I'm going live tomorrow to do some uh some movie trivia and I've done a couple of lives with that that you know, there might only be six or seven people in there, but everybody's really engaged and, and fun. So I'm trying to actually get the word out this time and um you know uh, whether or not the podcast makes makes it on air before tomorrow is is You know aside from the point, I, I just I'm gonna try to do that more often, because uh, I've got like I've got like stacks of like. Anytime I'm at the store and I see like a movie trivia mm-hmm. anything, I'm like I'm gonna buy that because love why not? It's five dollars. Yeah, it's yeah. Endless entertainment for me. So there you go. Uh, I'm gonna try to start doing that. So come join the join the conversation and uh, yeah, TikTok is the place to find me. I love it. I
0: think you may be overqualified for this podcast, but we are nonetheless gonna uh, oh. keep plug keep plugging on. <laughs> uh, remember no such thing. No such thing. Remember, you can always uh, visit the Call to Pop uh, the uh, at Call to Pop dot com Um, follow me on tiktok at call to pop or at facebook.com slash call to pop you may be confused by the call to pop thing Uh, I created my own website the idea was to have a pop culture website have multiple podcasts underneath that Uh, the midnight film review has just been kind of the mainstay uh, podcast it's once started at all so um That's not to be confused with the call to pop, but uh, you can always email the call to pop. That's call with a K call to pop at gmail.com. We'll read your emails live recorded on the air. All right. uh, We do have an email from our correspondent across the pond. He's a longtime listener every year. He emails us in his uh, top list of films this year. It's 103 films. I'm not going to go through all 103, of course. I always will read his top 10. And then uh, his bottom five. This is Adam Etheridge. Um, Adam, it's good to hear from you. It's been a while, I know. He says, hello, you cults. 103 films just isn't enough media to consume, so I've also listed my top 38 TV shows of 2022 as well. My New Year's resolution in 2023 is to spend even less time talking to friends and family so that I can watch more shit. Love, Adam. Uh, I will post this uh, on the website for you guys to see his top 103 films and his top 38 TV series of the year. So, starting off, uh, and I had never heard of his number one movie, and I had to Google it. Uh, and I find my, I mean, I, I once I saw it, I'm like, okay, I remember this movie. But um, I think it didn't come out until, I think it came out in 2021 here in the States. But Boiling Point, have you heard of Boiling Point?
1: I have not heard of Boiling Point, or maybe in passing, but it's not something that I watched.
0: Yeah, I, it, it's got good reviews. It's got a 73 on Metacritic, and 99 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and okay. I was like, it's directed by uh, Philip Bar- Barantini, uh, and it won a British Independent Film Award. Uh, it's about what you would think it would be about—a uh, busy night at, at one of the year, uh, at uh, it's one of the busiest nights of the year at one of the hottest restaurants in London. Uh, it stars, I mean, I don't uh, Stephen Graham, uh, Hannah Water Walters. So interesting film. Uh, I will check this out. This is now officially on my list. Now I'm gonna watch this. Um, written by Phil Baronti and uh, Barontini and James Cummings. So. Adam, you have once again added a film to my list. This was his number one movie of the year. Number two is Top Gun Maverick. Number three was The Forgiven Four, Banshees of Insurin. Uh, five, The Duke. Six, The Batman. Seven, The Woman King. Eight, All Quiet on the Western Front. Nine, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Ten, Prey. Uh, so very quality top ten. I have some, we have some overlap. I don't know about your list, but there was some overlap with mine in there. Okay. His bottom five films. Here we go. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, I'm just going to count down from from five being the least worst to one being the worst, okay? Uh, After Yang, X, Blacklight, another movie I'd never heard of, A Moonage Daydream. I don't know what that is. And his least favorite film of the year was Bob's Burgers, the movie interesting there's definitely some overlap but not in the way that you might expect (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah there we go um and he got of course some great tv shows his favorite tv show of the year was peacemaker like i said i will copy this i will put it on the website uh i don't think adam's going to care too much about that all right so if you haven't noticed already by the title of the show or this kickoff we're counting down our 10 favorite films of the year and um Let's just kick this off with some, maybe some honorable mentions that didn't make your list, yeah. if you want to throw those out. And then sure. um, what we'll do is we'll count down 10. You, you, I'll, I'll let you kick it off and we'll count down 10 to 1. If there's any overlap, we'll pause uh, and we'll talk about that film when it comes up higher on whoever's list is higher. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I saw uh, that on the the other episode. So that's cool. Uh, all right. So um, give us just, some, w- Yeah, go ahead. No, I just want to – I want to give a disclaimer that there are a lot of movies that I have not seen mm-hmm. this year, Same. Um, and I just wanted to note some of those. So if, if they don't appear on my list, uh, then nobody's surprised. I have not seen After Sun. I have not seen Decision to Leave. I've been I, – I battled with trying to see Tar in theaters, and now I'm waiting <laughs> um, for the right time. I have not seen Tar. Um, I have not seen All Quiet on the Western Front. But as far as like the big ones, I didn't see like glass onion, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, most everything else, I mean, I go to the movie theater, I try to go at least once a week. Mm-hmm. So I see most everything that comes out and then I try to catch the little ones on, uh, you know, the stream i I say little ones, but sometimes they're big movies, but um, yeah. I try to catch, uh, those little releases. I, I guess I would consider them cause they're kind of, they seem more subtle. Um, so those are some of the notable, notable ones that I have not watched, um, but in putting together my list, there were some honorable mentions that didn't make the top ten that I wanted to uh, bring up or X, you know, which I know uh, your listener put on on the bottom five, which I can see that. Um, I'm just kind of like – I am I love Ty West. Same. Um, and I think there was something unique done with X, but I also understand maybe the main criticism of just kind of like beating that dead horse and like really it not being super dynamic. Yeah. Um, and so I, so I get that. I had to mention that smiles on my honorable mentions. I really loved that, uh, theater experience. Spiderhead was one that I think was like mm. heavily criticized on, uh, social media, but I watched that. I think what was, it came out on Netflix or something mm. and I just, I watched it and I was like, you know, I really love that kind of movie. Mm. So whether or not that really hit, I'm not hundred percent sure, but just the type of movie that is did it for me. Vengeance, um, BJ Novak's directorial debut was um was was pretty good honorable mention um uh, the Batman did not make my top 10 but it was a great theater experience and one of the better Batman movies um uh we can talk more about that later perhaps and then The House was one of the first releases of the year on Netflix that like anthology film it made it onto my cat movies list. Um, it's like kind of like stop motion animation Mm -hmm. and I I really enjoyed that one, but not top 10 material, but definitely something that's going to stick with me. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions.
0: Nice honorable mention list. Um, I had, uh, the Batman on my honorable mention as well. Uh, just some films. You mentioned tar. It just missed my list. I have it at number 11 on the year. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed that movie and I, I'm kind of surprised it didn't make my top 10 at the end of the day when I really started looking at these. Um, Prey, I absolutely loved but mm-hmm. just didn't make my top 10. Same thing with Emily the Criminal. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, uh, the unbearable, <laughs> I was the unbearable weight of massive talent which uh, really surprised me. It was probably one of, in my opinion, one of the funniest movies of the year. Laughed a lot on okay. that. Um, and then, This one kind of – this is the last one, and it kind of struck me. I'm a huge uh, 90s Kevin Smith fan, and um, Clerks 3 was – it made my honorable mention because I I don't think it was necessarily one of the best films of the year, but there was so much heart in that movie. I I didn't expect to watch Clerks 3 and cry. Let me just put it that way. And I, I I absolutely bawled my eyes out watching that movie. So, um, and for just to give you some context, our listeners know this. I had gotten diagnosed with cancer last year, so I I was in the hospital for a while. I'm all good now, but like, my mortality was front and center last year, and that movie really touches on it. If you haven't seen it, uh, I encourage you to watch it. It's not the classic
1: Kevin Smith film. Um, I have not seen Clerks 3. So, um, I, I, that's one where I wanted to see it, but I, it's been so long since I've seen Clerks, (laughs) Clerks mm -hmm. and Clerks 2 that I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to go back and rewatch and do that whole, yeah, that whole charade. So, um, I I didn't watch that one this year.
0: Um, definitely, it's worth a watch, I think. Uh, you know, he's kind of struggled, I think, to find a footing post the view askew, um, Universe. He's been up and down, Mm -hmm. but that movie, like, I just, I kind of wish he would just write with more heart instead of trying to be funny. I feel like he, 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 like he tapped into something like in a a, a couple of monologues that he's written. But, anyways, all right. Now let's get into the top ten. We talked about our, um, we've talked about our uh, honorable mentions. We'll start with you, number ten. And if it's on my list, I will say, hey, all right, let's stop. We'll we'll talk about it. Uh, in in a minute but if not you you're free 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 to, free to break it down
1: Sure um so my number 10 is Moon Age Daydream which I know is on uh, your friends uh, or your listeners uh, bottom 5 Yeah and I've never and heard of this movie It had a very limited uh, theater release and yeah it's one of those that kind of came and went and I you know I remember like when the trailer was out maybe some people were talking about it on uh, TikTok but um, it kind of just came and went. It's a, it's an experimental, uh, David Bowie documentary, oh, and a lot of, like okay. archival clips yeah. from his music videos, his performances, uh, behind the scenes. It's really non-narrative. Hmm. Um, I, I was kind of thinking about it earlier and I was like, you know, the last five minutes of Babylon, if that was, uh, an hour or two, two hour and 15 minute long David Bowie documentary, that's essentially mm-hmm. what you're getting. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like, you know, moments build up and it's, you know, flashing images and but it's restored the the film looks great i saw it in imax it was absolutely beautiful um and you know of course the music is david bowie mm-hmm. from beginning to end and uh you know i've always been a, a david bowie fan not just the music but the, the films that he's in and so you see like a lot of the clips of the films that he's in are used throughout and there are parts that transcend that and use clips from just like classic cinema that have you know actually nothing to do with david bowie but again similar to like the end of Babylon it just kind of uses it as this like montage tool to build whatever that they're going for in that moment Mm -hmm. so that's my number 10 I had to include it um I didn't see fire of love and some of the other documentaries this year but like you know it's what's the only new documentary I think I've seen this year um to be fair but uh you know I feel like movies like that are a dime a dozen so yeah
0: yeah um so I obviously had not seen Moonage Daydream. That was interesting. I, I as soon as I you mentioned the David Bowie documentary, I realized that what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I real quick I I should be clear too. There's movies that I didn't get to see either. Uh, so yeah, yeah. there's probably a re- I live in a I, I live in a smaller town in Ohio now, so it's kind of harder for me to see films. So I haven't seen uh, Babylon, which um, really kills me because I love Damien Chazelle. So I haven't seen Babylon, and I haven't seen Tri- Triangle of Sadness. Um, so those are two movies that aren't on my list that might possibly once I see it. But, um, you already mentioned my number 10 movie of the year. Um, that's Vengeance, uh, BJ okay. Novak's, uh, yeah. I guess his auteur debut, or he wrote and directed this. Uh, mm-hmm. I was not expecting what I got from this movie. And, and I, I want to say this just ahead. I, I feel like there's kind of a theme this year to my, um, to my list. There's a, there's a lot of, um, I feel like um, talk in a lot of these movies about the political divide uh, about, you know, uh, bridging the gap between the quote unquote two Americas. And there was a lot in this film, right? This is a film. I think that, you know, we have a fish out of water, BJ Novak going to Texas. Um, He has, I think, uh, you know, uh predetermined thoughts about who he is expecting to meet in Texas some of it live up to those expe- expectations some of it doesn't uh i just felt this movie was really fun really ho- like really heartfelt and um really like true to its characters and it, it it really made me like examine myself and i love when film does that it makes you look in the mirror a little bit um and kind of push away preconceived notions um I truly believe that film, and I'll talk more about this as we go on, film can be life-changing. It really can if you allow um, yourself to just get swept away with um, some of the thing themes in, in films and, and, and really look at it uh, as a way to look at yourself and, and grow. And this is a movie that really did that for me. Um, I didn't really love the ending. Honestly, I felt like, uh, and no spoilers here, but the ending to me just felt kind of flat and it felt kind of like predictable and I wish it would have went a little bit different way. And I think there was a way that it would have been even better film, but, um, yeah, I thought it was an excellent, excellent, um, writing directing debut by BJ Novak.
1: Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, I loved Ashton Kutcher in that and, and I get a little bit, I don't know if you feel the same or not, but it's like him and BJ working together, um, ashton gave me this like tarantino like <laughs> monologue vibe and i'm yeah. like like i'm not the biggest tarantino fan ever i mean i do like tarantino movies but there was something about his monologues his character the accent everything that mm-hmm. i was just like i want that i yeah. want that in a movie. you know i want to i want to listen to this guy talk and i want to see his story and i want to you know not that there was anything wrong with the but you're right you know the, the bj story i can't even remember the characters. Um, uh, name, but yeah, I don't remember his name either. Sorry, but it was really dynamic. It was a great, yeah. yeah, I agree, I agree. It was a good, a good one of the year. Yeah. All right, your number nine film of the year. All right, number nine. Um, so this one I kind of struggled with, um, but I did have to include uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio mm, okay. on my list, and so I put that at number nine. Um, I kind of also you know, the, his cabinet of curiosities was really good this year. So I, I feel like a little bit of that like made me just go into Pinocchio with uh, a little more love for, um, GDT here, but I watched it and I just was blown away by, uh, not only the, the style, the, the technique of the stop motion animation, but, um, it was just a, it was a fantastic telling of Pinocchio. It does have that like um, I don't know if you've seen seen it yet, but it does have a lot of that like political yeah. divide message going on, and um, something that's a little deeper than, um, you know, I didn't see the other Pinocchio with Tom Hanks, but from it what I terrible. heard, it was just right. So, and then there have been what a couple other Pinocchios that have come out in the past couple of years, and I feel like this one is, um, and I just watched the original Pinocchio a couple of nights ago, and I was just like, yeah, I mean, the original's great, but the new one really stuck with me and i think it'll it'll be one of those that resonates through time a little bit whether or not everybody you know grabs onto it right now i feel like it's gonna it's gonna have a it's gonna age well it's gonna have a good shelf life and i had to include it on my list
0: yeah it is an it is a beautiful beautiful film like it is beautiful to look at and i just stop motion art is like it is one of the things that just like blows me away because one i'm not a patient like. Person and the patience you have to have to create something like that is just out of this world. And Del Toro, I think, is and this is going to sound funny because you know he's won awards, he's been lauded over, but honestly, to me, he is one of the most underrated filmmakers of our generation because I don't feel like he gets talked about in the same breath as some of these other greats and, mm-hmm. um, his versatility from, you know, making animation, making a fantasy story, making a horror movie, making a drama, making a love story. Like, you know, just, he is so skilled, very similar. I, I you know, I, I think he has a similar skill set to someone like Peter Jackson, who kind of gets all the love where I think del Toro kind of just falls kind of a little bit by the wayside, but excellent choice. I, um, it, that was probably my favorite animated film of the year. I didn't have any animated films make my list. Um, Mm -hmm. and there, there, this was a decent year for animation, I think. Um, but to me, that was like the best. That was the pinnacle, I think. So great choice uh, at number nine. Number nine for me is cha-cha real smooth.
1: Um, so, have you seen Cha Cha Real Smooth? No, oh, that's another one that um, it's on my list. And I've, all the all of these that I have escaped me, I promise you, I'm going to watch them before yeah. uh, Oscar season. But no, I didn't see that one.
0: So Cooper Rafe, uh, did you see his uh, directorial debut with uh, Shit House? Did you see that movie? No. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of flew under the radar, but it made a lo- it made some waves in in the indie scene. Um, he's super young. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's only he's only like 22 or 23 um very young obviously very talented and now i got to look up his age right right quick cuz now i don't want to be um mistaken but he anyways he's he's a very young guy right and he's already made 2 uh, he's 25 so he's a little bit older uh, oh, wow. maybe maybe he was like 22 or 21 when he when he created um uh, shit house but this is a i call this uh, the gen z version of garden state um it feels a lot like garden state in terms of like This this lost young guy who is looking to uh, a woman to kind of make him whole, but it totally flips that on its head, right? So Dakota Johnson plays that woman and she's much older than him, obviously. And, um, you know, there's a line in this movie where she's like, um, maybe if I was younger or if you were older, this would work, but I can't save you. I'm not your saver. And it just like gobsmacks you in the face. Like, typically in a movie like this, in Hollywood, she would be the lesson that he needs to learn, and his life would be perfect after that. But he has to like go back to his family. He has to go look in the mirror and see how he's treating his people. He has to get his drinking in check and just really do some some um, some introspective self learning. And uh, I just I thought that you know his talent he's very talented writer. Uh, his acting is okay. I would really like to see him maybe direct uh, and write more than act. Um, and, you know, Dakota Johnson is rapidly becoming one of my favorite actresses. She is absolutely terrific in this. Um, just a, a really fun, quirky film. You don't see a lot of indies like this. I would highly, highly recommend *Chacha ja Real
1: Smooth. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Sounds good. I, it's on my list. All right, your number eight film of 2020. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Got a little. All oh, right. Um, my number eight. Um, I'm putting uh, three thousand years of longing on my list. Um, I don't know if that is uh, going to make your list or if it's something that I you saw this year. I actually
0: missed it. I didn't. I, I okay. it's on my list, and I, I don't really know why I haven't watched it yet, to be honest with you, because it's available. It,
1: it didn't. I don't think it did that well. It's a George Miller film. Um, I don't. I, I almost can't even express what it is that I liked about it. I kind of mm. went in and I was just ready to. Uh, take it for, for what it was It's I mean it's a fantasy about uh, 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 A like What does she study uh, Myths mm-hmm. of She's like a you know a professor Of mythology or something like that And um, it's uh, Tilda Swinton And she finds This uh, lamp That has a, a gin in it Which uh, is, is played by uh, Idris Elba And he, him, and her kind of just explore the past of, you know, what what has gone wrong with wish making and and making the perfect wish, and uh, it, get, it gets a little bit deeper than that. But like essentially, the first two acts are that. Um, the The whole second act is them sitting in a room together, essentially discussing, and him kind of talking about his past with other people making wishes, and then the whole third act is like after she does make her wish, kind of the. F- fallout from that or just kind of how it um plays out and it's just interesting it's a fantasy i mean the effects are beautiful the directing is really good there are some good like if you're a fan of like long shots there are some really good long shots that kind of drift um around the actors as they also move and it's kind of like you know spielberg does that a lot with Mm -hmm. the Wanners, but just like it doesn't feel like one shot but you know at the end of a minute you're like oh this has all been one shot right you know it's kind of drifted around and the actors have kind of moved um, to their, their different positions as the camera has moved around. So you kind of forget it's one shot and I don't know, just technically I loved it. And then just the, the fantasy element of it was, was fun. And just, and, I mean, I saw it alone in the theater and I just sat there and mm. I was just, uh, just really enjoyed it. That's a that's the best experience.
0: I, 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 a movie on my list later on, I had an experience similar to that, but, um, it's one of those movies where like, I was super excited about it because the cast and George Miller's involvement, but, When the reviews started coming out, I kind of just was like, "Mm, I don't know, and I, I, I'll admit, like because I have a child, I have a three-year-old. And mm-hmm. My time is limited, right? And so, like sometimes I'll look at something and I'll look at a runtime. Where back in the day, that would never have crossed my mind, you know. But I'm like, I have a limited amount of time. What am I going to watch? What can I fit into this two-hour window? And I feel like I just kept doing that over and over with this movie. And and it, and it making your list and hearing the way you talk about it, it's definitely I'm probably going to kick my butt. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be like, that was probably my top ten. But
1: yeah, uh, I mean, it, and it may not be, but you just kind of have to. I don't know what people were expecting because I didn't understand. I mean, I understand, but I didn't, you know, a lot of people just were like, this was not it. This was not it. It was everything that I thought it was going to be and nothing more or less. And maybe there's a much better movie in there somewhere um, if they had done things a little differently, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Mm. Um, So, yeah, if you check it out, let me know. I'd, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it.
0: All right, that's uh, David's number eight film of the year. My yep. number eight film of the year is *Barbarian*. Okay, um, and that's later on on my list. Okay, so I don't know if you want to talk about that yeah, now or later. We'll, we'll skip. We'll skip to your number seven film.
1: Okay. Um, my number seven is *Pearl*. I don't know if that uh, makes an appearance on your list or not.
0: I've seen it. It did not make my list. Um, it probably should have made my uh, honorable mention, but yeah, let's yeah. talk about Pearl.
1: Uh, yeah, so X was an honorable mention for me. Um, I thought X was fine. I watched X really once Pearl came out and everybody was talking about Pearl, and I had not seen X. Um, mm. But like I said, I'm a big Ty West fan, so I, I I like bought Pearl on mm. on Blu-ray and watched it, and then I'm sorry, I bought X on Blu-ray and watched it, and then saw Pearl in theater like that same day or the next day. Oh wow! And so I think there's part of that that um, that experience like maybe if you watched x earlier in the year when it was released and then you waited and you saw pearl maybe it doesn't it it just isn't hitting um but i mean first of all just like knocking out two movies like that in a year is astounding uh, astounding and you know i hear great things about maxine i know like mia goth is is saying now this is going to be the best Mm -hmm. one it's going to be like you know the gloves off it's going to be crazy um so i'm definitely looking forward to that but pearl to me was just um you know, there were some good horror movies this year. Uh, you know, I mentioned barbarian is going to be on my list. Pearl was just, I don't even know. I mean, yes, horror movie, but like scary. I'm not sure. It was just weird. And I just, you know, (laughs) moon age daydream is going to make my list. Then I'm going to like Pearl for just how wacky it is. And I really liked just how it was like, we're just going to kind of do what we want. It seemed like self-indulgent, like just Ty West doing what he wanted to do. And I, I can dig it. I feel like, I, I, honestly
0: yeah like i don't i don't view it really as much of a horror film um i feel like the horror genre gets stretched sometimes mm-hmm. but to me this was more of like it was more of a character study like how did this person get to their this point in their
1: life right like yeah, i like almost a coming of age because yeah. we know from x like what what's who pearl is and what happens and then it's like oh let's see her become pearl yeah and it's just like we already know so yeah um
0: yeah, I will say like um, I I don't and it's weird I don't know why either one of these movies uh, didn't resonate with me more. Uh, I do think that Pro is the more like technically sound and better made film. It's better written. Yeah. It's better acted. I think, um, and maybe I was going into it with a different expectation than the movie that I got. And if I another thing too is I watched it at home, not at a, in a theater, and I feel mm-hmm. like that maybe um, might have been a, a little different as well. But I Mia mean, yeah, Goth gives one of the best performances of the year, I think. And um, that last monologue is as good as anything else that you'll see this year, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate that she won't get any kind of Oscar no, nomination no. or anything. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- I think this year was a good year for horror, but mm-hmm. there's something going on. I mean, like, I think maybe if Nope gets an Oscar nomination, that will be a good sign for horror in general and that's maybe expected but um i guess we'll find out tomorrow It's the day uh i believe but um yes yeah, tomorrow anyways. yeah you're right uh,
0: yeah. uh you know it's you're right though because it kind of stinks because things get labeled with that uh horror label and then all of a sudden the uh the academy just automatically is like oh it's not nope can't get in it's
1: not worthy yeah
0: all right, all right my number seven film is rrr okay um I'm guessing this didn't make your list then? Didn't make my list. Did not see it. It's been sitting there on my Mm -hmm. Netflix queue. It's, yeah, it's a hard, again, I, you know, here I am talking about time and I'll be just straight up. I watched this in two settings. I know that's not ideal, but
1: it's. It's like three hours. It's three plus hours, right? Like in Bollywood. Yeah.
0: It's three hours and uh, I'll give you the exact runtime here in a second. um, But I think it's like three hours and 20 minutes if I'm not mistaken, but Um, and it's honestly the way that it's uh, it's broken up. It's episodic in nature. So like there are literally breaks in the film that set up the next um, act. Okay. So it very the way it's structured is every act is almost an hour, and every act is split with like a title card, and so you it's it's set up to like let you take breaks. Um, there this film. Absolutely blew me away. I haven't seen a ton of Indian film, um, to be honest with you. Um, it's probably one of the biggest blind spots I have, especially in terms of like quality. Because I know that there's so much quality in, in these films, but I just I, I I haven't done it. This movie put me on a path of like, okay, I gotta check more Indian films out because it is so good. The action is just fantastic. The it, it has. It has these moments where you're just like, how did they make this film? Like, how, like, I can't even wrap my mind like the vision that the director and writer had of putting this story or this scene or this set piece uh, to film. Like, it is just, it is amazing. It is so much fun. This, I I wish I could have seen this in a theater. I I watched it at home, but I feel like it would have been one of the most uh, rewarding. Uh, Films to see on the big screen, Um, just because it's it's bombastic, it's loud, it's fun. Did it have
1: a theatrical release, or was it only on Netflix?
0: It did have a theatrical release. I don't know how wide. That's a good point. I don't even know if I could have seen this honestly in uh, where where I'm at. Uh, But it did, uh, and I heard that it's coming back. I heard that it's like uh, for the Oscars, it's going to get a a release. So I'm gonna try my best to go in. Uh, get three hours of alone time in a theater with this movie so number seven Mm -hmm. my number seven is RRR uh your number six film of the year
1: all right my number six film of the year um and this is probably my last uh wild pick um I had to bring some wild picks in here love it um, no absolutely I'm gonna go with Mad God Mm. um the Phil Tippett yeah, uh, masterpiece, if you will. Thirty years in the making. I know it's technically like if you if if you're on IMDb, um, you know the date uh, set towards it is 2021. So I guess they had some kind of release last year, but it wasn't available until uh, on Shutter uh, until like June or July of this year. So I'm considering it a release this year because it was just not available until this year. Um, just a wild uh, stop motion uh, audio video experience. I mean, the music is incredible. A lot of the scenes are just slow and, uh, you know, it, it kind of puts you in this trance. Uh, the visuals are, are weird. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to see it or if you've seen the trailer or anything, there's like a mix of yeah, some live action in there. And the live action bits remind me of like Jean-Pierre Junet. They were just like odd, like wide angles and like kind of jittery moving people. and um, I mean, my biggest complaint about the movie is just that it could have had more of a narrative uh, structure to it. You're, you're following this assassin as he, like, descends into this crazy world, and he's trying to work his way up. And then that kind of gets lost maybe, like, after the second act or so, and and it kind of ends in this just craziness. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, it would have been nice to tie everything – if it had tied everything up, it, it might have been my favorite of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. But I, I'm i a big fan of, like, the Kotze trilogy. I'm a big fan <laughs> of just movies that are – audio video experiences and that's yeah. kind of what I consider this to be and I think that it's one of the best that we've seen in a decade or so.
0: I have a hard time I, you know i I did not I've seen this movie and I didn't rate it because I have a hard time um <clears throat> honestly just giving it like a rating uh I'll be honest I didn't enjoy it um mm-hmm. but I you know and I do I'll be the first one to admit I have a hard time with films that don't that aren't that don't have a traditional narrative um and that's just on me that's how i view film um that's why like i know that uh, the other part about this is like you mentioned like he put so much time and effort in this i just feel like wow like this guy literally like bled for his art for 20 plus years right
1: um, i'm also just like a huge like i love <clears throat> the use of practical effects in any movie yeah um, you know, Jurassic Park is my favorite movie, and to me that's, like, the perfect marriage of, like, practical effects and just the CGI, which was oscar, mm-hmm. Oscar-winning oscar CGI, but just to supplement it and just to fill in the parts that just can't be done practically. So I appreciate something like this that's just like, oh, we're going to do this, and it's going to be real. Mm-hmm. And we don't see that a lot anymore because um, this could have been a cartoon and it oh, just wouldn't right. have even touched my top ten. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, that, that – you know, and I, this is a weird thing to say too, but I was, I got really into like the AI, um, art, you know, generating mm-hmm. AI images yeah. right, right around the same time I saw this. And the whole time I was watching this, I was like, oh my God, this could have been just like a computer generated movie. How weird it is, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, I'm going
0: to go on. No, tangents. yeah. I didn't need to interrupt you. No, it's the, that again, you know, we talked about Pinocchio and how like masterful mm-hmm. that is. And this is just it's the same idea, like the the amount of time and effort it put in to this movie. Um, yeah, uh, I'm glad it made your list because I think it's definitely if you are a film fan, you should watch it. One hundred percent like this movie is the it is the painstaking, like, um work of someone who really is a master right like phil Tippett, is probably again somebody who doesn't get enough um love for what he's done i mean not necessarily as a director but just like working in film and effects right doing work on a a bunch of different uh products that we all love in visual effects um and you mentioned jurassic park right he 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 was the man he was a go-to on that so yeah, I just encourage, if you, you know, just give it a chance. Uh, you'll, the chances are you're probably going to end up um, at least being, like, shocked and blown away by this movie, right? So um, It's one of those that
1: definitely you have to kind of know what you're getting yourself into. You can't go <laughs> right. into it thinking, like, I'm about to watch, like, a Christopher Nolan movie. Like you're not going to get it. You're not going <laughs> right. to enjoy it if you go in there looking for something like that. So, yeah. Good point. Good point.
0: All right. My number six film of the year is The Menu. Um, okay. So I had a really, and I I talked about this in a TikTok, but I wanted to elaborate this on on the podcast. I had a really crazy viewing experience with the menu. So um, my wife uh, went with one of her friends, took my son. It was a Thursday night, took them to um, Columbus, which is just south of where I live for the zoo lights, the Columbus zoo lights. And so I have this evening to myself. I'm like, I'm going to go see the menu. So I get a ticket, go in, I'm the only person there, about 35 minutes into the, the, the viewing, the bulb explodes and it goes out and I'm like, what is going on? And so I go out and the manager's like, Hey, sorry, we got to change the bulb, but we can't restart this movie. You can come back for the next showing, uh, which at this point was like seven 30 would have been the next showing. And I'm like, okay. So I text my wife like, Hey, when are you going to be back? Are you gonna be back in time for bedtime? Do you need me there? And she's like, no, just go ahead and see the next viewing. So I'm like, okay. So I come back a couple hours later for the 7.30 viewing. I'm the only person in there again. I'm super excited. I sit down. I'm watching the movie. About half hour in, the lights come on, the movie goes out. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? I'm like so upset. I'm like, it happened again. How could this happen twice? And so I go out in the mirror. like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. You didn't technically buy a ticket, so – it, after half an hour, the movie automatically shuts down because we don't have to show it if nobody buys a ticket. We give a 30-minute like buffer. No one buys a ticket. The movie automatically shuts down. I forgot to reset that. So I get to go back in. They reset the movie, and I get to finish it. Um, so I wasn't the most ideal situation to watch this movie and, and, and this film, but uh, I left it. Again, this is uh, definitely a film about uh, uh, the political class. Um, uh, but one thing that really stuck home to me, and I think that there's a lot of to varying degrees of success, but one thing in this movie that really stuck home was criticism because I do consider myself a film critic. I watching and, and give reviews to film. I love movies. Um, but just, uh, the way that it frames criticism, I thought was a, a very interesting, obviously I'm not affecting anyone's income or, um, uh, not uh, swaying that many opinions when it comes to art, but there is a power that is held within critics. And, uh, I think it needs to be wielded responsibly. That really resonated with me with the menu. Did it make
1: you feel dirty? Did making, leaving a review it, of it? it? It did. Honestly,
0: <laughs> it did. It did. It, it, I may have bumped it up a half half uh, star, um, but it, it That it definitely made me feel like. uh but I, I know there were some people who really
1: resented that about this movie. I don't. Know, have uh, you have I, you seen I, it? No, I, I I have seen it. I've actually this is one that I've actually watched uh, twice because hmm. now it's on HBO Netflix Max or something. HBO. Yeah. I was it's somewhere at a stream. so I really enjoyed it. it. honestly, this should have made my um honorable mentions. um uh, but yeah, some, I mean, I just I think we're similar in that we like that the the political class kind of uh, commentary and um this I told one of my friends who's a who's a teacher uh, he's in uh, college level like literature maybe not literature but like language arts of some sort and uh, he uses movies to teach uh, his intro class and I was Mm -hmm. like teach the menu Mm -hmm. because it's a really good one that I think with some people who maybe have never like broken a movie down before and analyzed it it would be a really fun one and it's like it's pretty obvious kind of what they're trying to say so I think it would be one that would be really exciting for somebody who's looking to get into analyzing movies it's like laid out for you on the platter. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's like literally like here it is. um, And it's that way intentionally. And I like that. And I think that's what some people didn't like about it. Some people, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that anybody specific is a snob or whatever, but like that, you know, some people don't want it to be laid out that easy for them. Sure. Um, but in, in a situation like this, I think it was, it was definitely warranted and I definitely enjoyed the menu for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah I agree. and And one thing I will say too, is like, there, I feel like it's a film with layers too, because it does have a, a, like, um, and I don't think this is necessarily a, spo- a spoiler, but I mentioned it um, in my in, in my review of it. Is at the end of the, the day, the thing that was most valuable was um, Anya Taylor Joy's character. I can't remember her name, but it was really her her street smarts and her savvy and her life experience was the most valuable thing in that room. All right, it's what. I, I don't want to spoil it, but that's what ended up being yeah, valuable yeah. at the end of the day was her experience in life. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, that was my number six. Uh, all right, David, what's your number five? We're getting into the nitty gritty here. What's your number? Nitty gritty and of number five. I'm ready to talk
1: about barbarian. All right, let's do it. Um, so I'll, I'll give I'll just give my little tidbit, but then I'll let you kind of take it away since it was um, up on your list as well. But um, this is another one that I've watched twice this year um, because that this one is also available. Um, to stream somewhere. Again, I think it might be HBO. I'm not 100% sure. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I know that they kind of wrote this without structure in mind. And they Mm -hmm. were just like, look, we're just going to do this. And I didn't I didn't know that going in. And, um, you know, having been film school and things like some of some of that structure gets just so beaten into you Mm -hmm. that um when i was watching this i was just so pleasantly surprised and like that first act oh my god wild wild first act no spoilers um but oh my god and then it goes to the second act and then that thing gets crazy and then it like goes into the flashback and i'm just like (laughs) i want to keep going keep layering this yeah um (laughs) keep keep doing what you're doing um I'm going to a horror convention this weekend, this coming weekend. Oh, and nice! I get to meet the the guy. What's his name? Who plays the uh, mother character? Oh, um, Matthew Patrick Davis. Yeah, so I get to meet him and. Uh, yeah, I I, I want to let you speak on it too, since it's on your list. But I absolutely loved *Barbarian*. It's one of a kind.
0: It really is. It is one of and. Uh, like you mentioned, there's a lot of good horror films that came out this year. Um, One that isn't on my list, but one I enjoyed and it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on was Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And I think the similarities between these two films is they kind of turned the genre on the head a little bit, right? In some ways, I think Barbarian is a throwback to the 80s style horror. Um, You know, some influences maybe um, by um, Sam Raimi or Peter Jackson's early horror work. And just the design of this movie... Like you mentioned, that first act, uh, I was like, this is not really what I expected, but I was so into that movie, and then it flips on its head, and it's a total, it's like two separate movies, and it takes a a drastic left turn that I wasn't ready for, and I loved. Um, I can't can't speak highly enough about the film. Yes, it was eight on my list, but it was my favorite horror film of the year. I absolutely loved every minute. I this is going to be a movie I revisit probably every year when I you know get in the horror mood around Halloween. Uh, I absolutely loved it. The performances were all Georgina Campbell just absolutely carried this movie. Um, I, fantastic performance, and Justin Long is such a dickhead. Uh, he's so good playing that that role. Um, just a great, great, great film. And it's funny because I this out of. Um, All the movies on my list This is probably One of the films Probably top three films I recommend the most to people Um Yeah and a couple people I, I like was like hey check out barbarian and they're not really like film buffs and you know if they like horror uh one of my friends loves horror so I recommended to him the other one um actually used to be the host of this podcast Colin back in the day but he's a lawyer now he doesn't have time for uh us film geeks anymore and he was like Zach Cracker the guy from uh, some like comedy troupe on uh YouTube and I'm like yeah and so apparently this writer director is like uh, a really famous youtuber who uh made his shtick in comedy um mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know if you knew that but i no. was i uh, what is the hold on i'll tell you the name of his uh his comedy troupe just a minute
1: I'll bring it it's up. it's not like I think I maybe heard this is it the whitest guys you know the whitest kids, like you know. yeah, kids, you know. kids you know yeah the whitest kids Widest kids you know yeah I did hear that uh and I've seen some of those yeah yeah it's um that is an interesting you know it's kind of like you have these comedic geniuses and I've taken like uh, jordan Peele or whatever mm-hmm. like you know yeah it's you get the surprise by how smart they really are because comedy is uh, almost math-like. Yeah. Then they create this, you know, a film that's uniquely structured or just good in every way. Yeah. Um, now, I agree. I saw bodies, bodies, bodies. I thought it was good. I agree. Um, and and I agree with what you said about, uh, you know, how it like it does call back to some of those older films and like the the character. Um, and again, I I don't want to like try, I try to dance around the spoilers here, but the character. Um, the the older man mm-hmm. um, that whole scene and everything reminds me of some other directors who do call back to um, older movies and have that kind of retro modern feel like uh, it almost reminded me of like Panos Cosmatos like with Mandy or like Beyond the Black Rainbow when you're yeah. downstairs with that guy I'm just like oh I like this because yeah. I like that style and it reminds me of of these other directors who are doing that kind of like modern retro thing <clears throat> so
0: um, I love that I totally connection. That. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Um, so that was my number eight and that was your number five, correct? That's it. Yeah. All right. Now this is where I kind of, um, I don't, I, I don't know if you've seen this movie and I don't know if you'll agree with me because I feel like this movie has been crapped on. We actually reviewed this. This might've been the last review we ha- we did on the podcast, uh, with, uh, with Drew. Um, it was windfall, uh, which uh, has been out for quite a while, uh, stars Jason Siegel. Um, <clears throat> Lily Collins, excuse me. Lily Collins and um oh my god, I just uh, Jesse Plemons. And this was filmed during the it's pandemic. Like
1: the, Go ahead. Yeah, like an intruder. I never saw that, but it was uh, something about an intruder. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason Seagal
0: played. he's, he's, he's robbing the home of a tech baron, a, a billionaire played by Jesse Plemons. And they're not supposed to be there for the weekend. So he's just Mm. kind of making himself home, you know, drinking their wine, eating their oranges, like going to the bathroom. He's going to steal some money and he's going to leave. And he starts to leave and he realizes, Oh crap. I am actually on a a hidden camera. He He knows the security camera. So he goes back in the house to steal the tape. When he goes back in the house, the couple shows up and they're there. And so it becomes a hostage situation standoff. Okay. Um, I, this movie to me, uh, and I said it on a TikTok and I said it in our review uh, on here on the, on the podcast. I get really thick Hitchcockian vibes from this movie. I thought it was a throwback to the sixties and fifties of, of making film. Um, I, I, I am a typically a fan of movies set in one location. Um, I I enjoy the the like plays that have been turned into films. Like I think, and this is, I'm not comparing the two necessarily, but something like clue from the eighties. I love that movie. It's all one location. This is very similar, uh, but there's a lot more tension involved. Um, And again, this is, this speaks to um, the divide uh, more in class, the class divide. Um, There's, you know, a lot of discussions about money and, you know, um, it, there's vitriol between you know the working class and the uh, tech billionaire, right? So there's a lot of interesting conversations that happen. I know some people thought it was boring, but I actually, I absolutely loved it. Like I said, it really took me back to almost the golden age of film when um, this just it felt like a movie that I could see Hitchcock making. Um, and I'm not saying that it's that good, um, but it made that kind of impression on me, and I truly, truly loved this movie.
1: So it's one that I've seen pop up on my cues, but it just—it never occurred to me that it was something that I must see. But now I know that I need to check it out because I kind of know what you're meeting with that like Hitchcocky intention. Like, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, if and and, you know, I don't—I'm not putting weight on like I don't want to. Like, there are people that I really, really trust that review films. So I don't know if you're. A fan of um, the Slash Film Cast. I don't know if you've even heard of the Slash Film Cast, but um, Dave Chen gave it four stars. Um, okay. So he's somebody that I really respect. But then, like you, you, you look on Letterbox and it has a two point eight. And I don't really mm. know what people were expecting out of this movie. Like that's the other thing too. Is like I feel like everything that it could possibly execute, um, it did. It executed. I think what it. I, I feel like what it set out to do, it did really well. And so that's that's my point. And that's and Jesse Clemens, he's
1: like. On the up and up, I feel like uh, he's so good at everything he does is good. Like, I really liked Power of the Dog last year a lot. Mm, Yeah, Um, he is, he he is,
0: I I think he is a terrific actor too. And uh, yeah, he was really good in this. But that was my number five, Windfall. Uh, Check it out if you haven't seen it. I'd be interested to hear your story. I definitely
1: am going to now. Yeah, for sure. And what is your number four film of the year? My number four film of the year. Uh, And so, yeah, and I'll just kind of preface maybe as a disclaimer here, but just my top four, they're not interchangeable. I've got them ordered for a particular reason, but, I mean, at this point, we are definitely splitting hairs here. Mm -hmm. These are all fantastic films, um, uh, my favorite of the year. So number four, I'm going with Babylon. Um, I know you said you didn't get a chance to check that one out. For me, it, like, took – to the last minute i mean i was like Mm -hmm. still in theaters and i was like i have to see this one in theaters and um it's another it's three hours and nine minutes long um it's damien chazelle's you know second love letter to hollywood i guess but Mm -hmm. it's also kind of hate mail too um it does (laughs) criticize um a bit of uh how the culture sucks the fun out of Mm -hmm. things maybe or just how the the system if you will sucks the fun out of things so it's I don't know if, if you're familiar with the plot, but it's kind of like follows this uh, couple of people that mm-hmm. um, get into film right when kind of sound takes over and becomes a thing. And it kind of, once sound uh, is introduced to film, it kind of like formalizes this whole process. You've got these sound stages. Now everybody's got to be quiet on set all of a sudden where they kind of went into it. And like being on set was like being at a carnival. And there were like okay. all these stages set up and everybody's being real loud. And you're shooting these real short little things. And um so just a lot of fun. Anybody who likes movies is gonna like it. Anybody who um, makes movies is gonna like it. Um, it's long for sure, but it didn't feel I didn't feel the three hours and nine minutes. I didn't uh, I didn't feel like it was too long. It's just a lot of fun performances. Uh, some of the best of the year. Margot Robbie is just one of those that I'm just keeping an eye on because. Mm-hmm. Everything that she does is amazing. I'm, uh, you know, like Barbie is probably my most anticipated next year, one of them. Um, uh, so just, I loved it. I, I kind of like, after the first trailer came out, I was like, I got tired of seeing it in the theater. And, and I was like, I, this kind of looks dumb. It kind of reminds me of like um, Amsterdam or something. And that was a total flop for me. Um, and, I, I was just like it just looks like this kind of wannabe Oscar bait situation, and it just wasn't. I mean, I went, I, I just, I totally am in love with this movie. It's great.
0: I know, so it was really hard for me to, um, to make this list without seeing it. But I just don't know when I would. It's again, you mentioned the runtime. I'm a huge yeah. Giselle fan. I, I, he to me is. Um, the second coming of Paul Thomas Anderson, who is my favorite director of all time. Mm, okay. I felt like there's a lot of similarities in the way they make film. And um, so this movie is like, so it was probably my most anticipated film of the year, honestly. And I just don't know if, when I'm going to get to see it. Uh, so uh, I'm definitely, you You
1: just made me want to see it even more. <laughs> um, yeah. But my... it's, it's long, but like I feel like you could break it into three big chunks. I mean, there's that whole first act is like, this big party scene and at first I was like, is this going to be the whole movie? Um, and it's not, but like you could watch that and then you could, you know, so it's definitely segmentable if that's a word, like you can segment it into pieces and not watch all three hours at once. But if you have the time, it's unfortunate. It.
0: Again, it's one of those movies where I wish I could see it in the theater, and maybe there will be an opportunity because you know a lot of times around the Oscars, uh, theaters will release movies again to to debut. To so maybe it'll come back. I, I don't hope know. so. I hope so. Um, number four on my list. We don't have to talk too much about it because I don't know that there's a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of quality to talk about here, uh, and I, it might surprise people that it's so high on my list, but th- I. Uh, put this here because I of the pure joy that it gave me um, and I think that at some point you have to recognize that going to the movies and watching a, a movie is just about how it makes you feel in the pure joy and that's uh, Jackass Forever. Um, oh wow. Okay. Yeah so <laughs> uh, I know that it probably is a stretch being this high but like I had to look at what I rated it and I've loved all the Jackass movies. I mean I'm probably significant, I don't know, significantly older than you, but I'm, I'm in my forties. I'm 41. Um, so I grew up on, on these guys and I've aged with them too. I mean, obviously they're a little bit older than me, but, um, just watching them, how they've grown and, uh, how, how most of them have, uh, actually became, um, good human beings, you know, um, getting sober and, um, really living for something, starting families. Um, and I just, honestly, this was like the, I, you know, I mentioned I was um, battling cancer early last year. The film came out at like the perfect time, where I could just sit there, not think about the issues of life, and just laugh you know and just mm. laugh. And it's a movie I've watched a couple times throughout the summer and into the fall and I just really like it was it was comfort food for me honestly. So there's not a lot to say about it. Like I said, it's not like it has this massive narrative, but I really felt like it was like getting the band back together kind of and it just really really just warmed my heart. Um and that's a weird thing to say about Jackass, but that's my number 4 film. Uh your number 3 film of the year.
1: Sure. Um my number three is going to be The North Man. That um, actually should have been on my
0: on my honorable mention. I It slipped my mind. Um, but, yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, you're good. Um, I, it came out earlier in the year, so I can see how maybe it has slipped some people's lists. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it, it has resonated. And then I watched it. This is another one that I watched again recently. And I bumped it up, so I think I initially rated it like four stars, and then I watched it again at home, and I was like, I mean, I almost want to give it five. Um, I didn't give any films five stars this year, which I feel like I was just being kind of critical, but like these top three are all, like I even thought about it earlier today, I was like, maybe I'll just bump these up to five, I don't know, but The Northman, yeah, I mean, Robert Eggers, or Eggers, uh, you know, I don't know how how he pronounces it, but uh, just three for three at this point Mm -hmm. um and you know i liked the lighthouse but it's that's definitely a a different experience this one's more narrative Mm -hmm. it's a little more traditional but it also does get a little wild and experimental with the you know implementation of that uh norse mythology that is real in the movie which i really appreciated and really loved and it just made me like kind of reflect on like how many good viking movies are there you know, there's Vikings, right. um, which is a great show. And, uh, you know, the Valhalla Rising is yeah. great. Um, but this one just really, I mean, the, the when I rewatched it, I was every scene. I was just like, this movie is incredible. This movie is great. It's beautiful. It is uh, emotional. It's filled with incredible action sequences. Um, I just I almost couldn't ask for anything more. This is right up my alley.
0: He is one of the most technically proficient directors I think making film today. I mean a lot has been made of like how much um meticulousness meticulousness goes into his set pieces. Obviously that's where his background is. Mm-hmm. Um but like he is just I mean he he does not he does not skimp, right? So he had um, the, he, the guy, I can't, I don't know how his name or how to pronounce it, but he had an Icelandic author, you know, help him write this movie. Um, Sean, Jean, I think it's me. It's S J O N or something like that. But like he just, he, every movie he makes, he pours his heart and soul into. And again, this should have, uh, I probably should rewatch it. Cause like, I, I hadn't seen it until like, I, or I hadn't seen, I haven't seen it since I, it came out to, in theaters, you know, early last year so. I might've made a mistake leaving it off my list because I remember leaving it and being just like blown away. Um, probably Alexander Skarsgård's best performance I would say, um, Hmm. to date. Um, just, yeah, it's, it's, and Anya Taylor
1: joy. Like it's kind of forgotten. Like I almost forgot she was in it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh shoot. And she's good.
0: Yeah. She's Uh. fantastic. Uh, Ethan Hawke is in this movie too. Like there's a lot of names in this movie that I think you just kind of forgot about, you know? Yeah. Um, excellent choice for number three. Um, yeah, I'm kicking myself for not having it on my list because it probably should have been. Um, number three for me, um, and this was a complete surprise that I loved it, this this movie this much, and I loved it a lot more than I think almost anybody else I know. Uh, I, I'm interested to, to, to see what you think, but um, that's Wakanda Forever. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the original Black Panther. I thought the CGI was not great, and I thought the... Um, the warmonger um, arc was just kind of undercut a little bit. Um, obviously with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, it was sad and it was her, her, you know horrible. And I, you know, um, they, they were, Brian Kugler was put in a t- tough position when he wrote and directed this, this film, but I think he did a really great job of handling, um, his death in this film and that he pretty much gets a funeral on screen, which was very moving and and, and heartwarming. But again, this is a movie about, um, class. It's a movie about, um, intervention. It's about, you know, the military industrial complex. There's a lot of politics in this movie that I think that, um, got glossed over because, you know, it wasn't, I think what people necessarily wanted and, um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say things uh, like, oh, this was setting up future MCU uh, products. I haven't been a really big fan of the MCU, whatever phase this is, um, but this movie absolutely blew me away. I think if you look at the narrative and you look at the, um, the, the, the story he's telling, there's some really, really, like interesting thoughts and themes in here it's a very nuanced villain right this guy um is torn between vengeance um protecting his people and um his his um uh his legacy right and i i wrote in my in my breakdown that this is you know this is what this is what um uh, Authoritarian leaders are made of right. They, that all they care about is power, legacy, and then, of course, you know they have some kind of um, nationalistic or you know racial um, d- guide to their to their belief that their people are the chosen ones. This movie handles that all so so well. Um, and this when when I think of a comic book movie, and I think of like what comics were meant to be and, and the the outlet they were. You know, they were t- in the. You know, Stan Lee was talking about anti war. He was talking. You know. Uh, about um, gay rights. These are things that people use to speak out about and really touch uh, these cultural issues. And I think he does a really great job talking about war, talking about isolationism. And so Wakanda Forever is top five MCU films ever for me. So that's why it made my number three spot.
1: And it's interesting. I mean, and I'm even looking ahead and I don't want to spoil anything in my list, but um, a lot of, of the really good movies this year, um, do deal with that class warfare uh, warfare just the class divide i mean Mm -hmm. i mean we can go back to uh, you know obviously these movies have been made since the beginning of cinema but it is interesting that this year is very heavy in that Um, yeah very interesting
0: yeah very interesting um did you see wakanda
1: forever are you an mcu fan i i did not see wakanda forever um i I don't want to I like I like Marvel movies. I'm exhausted from Yeah. Marvel. I'll be honest with um, you. I, I want to see the Ant, the new Ant-Man movie looks looks great. I will see it. Um, you know, I've seen most of the Marvel movies, but I don't typically get a chance to see those in theaters. Mm-hmm. They're just not on the top of my list. It it may um, you know, be one of the better movies of the year. Um, but I I probably won't check that one out until it's on disney plus if it's yeah. not already there
0: no i'm like i have i don't watch any of the tv shows um the it's too much the superhero it's much. yeah that's too much the superhero fatigue has kind of hit me and honestly like i wasn't a huge fan of like uh i mean they're it's a massive thing and it's uh, obviously a obviously a cultural touchstone and it's was i think you know just pulling off Avengers Endgame and uh, the Infinity Saga was... I mean, that's mm-hmm. like... I mean, the effort they put into it was fun. But to me, those films are just like... It, it's fine. It's a popcorn flick. Um, I think that it kind of abandoned some of the things that we saw in earlier films where there was like themes about... Social and cultural and political issues, and you know, like I think the Winter Soldier, like that movie, really yeah. meant something to me. Um, and then it just fades into just
1: being. Well, I thought with No Way Home they were really going to open a new chapter, and I, you know, I know it's like after Endgame, it's this new era phase or whatever they, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But I, I did love uh, No Way Home, and then I saw multiverse of madness and thor and i was like what happened we were mm-hmm. about to just totally break the walls down of what's acceptable with the boundaries of these you know superhero movies uh, especially you know with marvel and you know i'd love to see the walls be- between marvel and dc come down and like you know it's oh. uh, a blasphemy, blasphemy but there's no rule that says you can't do anything yeah, you know right, I know yeah, dc's right. kind of starting to play with it and you know going bring michael keaton back and all this stuff and i have my own issues with dc but like let's break all the walls down i think that's what no way home was doing they're mm-hmm. like let's do it let's do it yeah. i want to see i want to see batman you know hang out with iron man or whatever you know like <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying like why 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 can't these studios come together and say let's take it to the next phase and do something different and maybe not cross cross studio or whatever but Um, And then they're just like, oh, no, we're just kidding. We're going to go back to like multiverse of madness, which like teases the whole multiverse thing. And then it's kind of like, well, we're just it's just another Doctor Strange movie. And then Thor was a huge disappointment for everybody, including myself. And and maybe that's why I didn't go see the the new Black Panther, because I was just like, you know, it's not going to I'm a little disappointed with the direction. And um, I was I kind of had high hopes at the very beginning of this year that we were going to be seeing a new a new era. And the new era is like the basic era.
0: Yeah, more of the same. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. All right, what is your number two film
1: of 2022? Um, my number, and I, you know, like I said, we're splitting hairs here. My number two um, is probably a lot of people's number one. Um, I would say this is going to be my bet for best picture, and it's going to be everything everywhere all at once.
0: Okay. You know, um, so I I feel bad because I did not love this movie. So let's, really? let's okay. yeah. Yeah, so let's yeah, let's talk, let's about, talk it. about it. I feel, so I uh I I uh, I mean it's a good movie, like in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um but um I and I don't I hate like I don't I don't want to sound like I'm poo pooing on, on your your choice because yeah, I, I feel like I am the one that might be out of touch here. Um And I probably need to revisit it, but I, um, yeah, narratively for me, it, it wasn't, um, cohesive and it also, I felt like, um, and, and this is fine and I think this is good. It just was a movie that wasn't made for me. This isn't a movie that necessarily, um, you know, I, uh, I, I touched with, um, I, I think I gave it like three and a half stars, um, I know a lot of people this is number one on a lot of people's lists a lot -hmm. of people's Mm -hmm. lists and rightfully so like it's technically it's amazing and the Daniels did something that I want to see them do more of like I in no way dislike this film um, but I just felt like honestly for me it just wasn't um, I I wanted to love it but I just came away liking it to be honest with you Um, yeah why is it your number one?
1: Oh, and that's a tough question. Um, so it's so first of all, it's been a since this was in theater, since I saw it. Um, but yeah, I mean, narratively it does work for me. I like the story. This to me was the multiverse movie of the year, mm-hmm. and you know that's another reason why seeing like multiverse of madness was just disappointing because um, this opened up what I felt was a, a new era of this, you know, cross multiverse. Uh, type of movie um i really liked the use of practical effects and um you know with like the lighting and stuff they did a lot of really cool um innovative things that involved like not very many uh people like you know they're like Mm -hmm. okay we live in a we live in 2022 we can like rig the lights to x y and z system and have them flash you know like it's not that hard and um I mean, the performances, I love. I, uh, I really like Jamie Lee Curtis's character in this um, and just, like, hearing her talk about her inspiration for it and, like, looking at, um, you know, one of these uh, type of people and trying to channel that and, like, how she just was like, I'm going to let my belly hang out and there's no prosthetic there. Like, I'm just going to do my thing. And um, Yeah. <laughs> Uh I, yeah it's uh, it's almost hard for me to sit here and be like this is why this movie isn't mm-hmm. so high on my list but I just really enjoyed it from beginning to end it made me cry it made me laugh it um you know there are creepy moments in it the whole uh, black donut thing or the black bagel whatever whatever they call it. I can't remember but it's like you know there's a creepiness there and maybe they could have pushed that a little bit um they could have made it a little scarier and they would have like capped all the little you know uh, check boxes on my list. Um but I mean the, the, the fight scenes are incredible. They are. Uh, the the fight scenes are fantastic. I don't know, there's something so emotional about it. Like just that uh you know, exploring the different universes of what could be and what and what could have been and it made me wanna like explore um and I said this in my in my review, like I almost feel like this should be a, a series because mm. I almost want to explore the different universes and the uh of each of the other characters and like they kept talking about the alpha verse and like, yeah. that base universe that i'm like let's see what like something crazy going on in the alpha verse what's that going to be like and it got my imagination working a lot and i liked that about it and um yeah i mean i don't i don't know if i'm if i'm selling it at all here but like i just it, it, it hit home for me
0: i think that and i think it hit home for a lot of people i think that a lot of people um you know really felt like this movie um was a a seminal moment in film and i and i, and I can't disagree with that either i feel like that there were things in this movie <coughs> that really like you said kind of change the way that um we can expect film going forward and there's a lot of goodness in this film um I just I don't and I, it's hard for me to understand why but like the, the 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 relationship between the mother and daughter just never it never hit me mm. the way that I feel like it needs it needed okay. to and I feel like that that's the emotional obviously life of the movie and it if it didn't it just didn't do it for me and I, I I, again, like I, it's one of those movies where I, like I feel bad because like I wanted to love this movie and I wanted to enjoy it and I, I wish I had that experience that you had. I wish I had that experience that so many other people had because it does feel like for some people this was like life changing cinema for them. And maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe again, the time that this came now, out, I didn't
1: give it five stars. Again, like I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it was that good of a year for movies, but um, but uh, considering it. Considering bumping it up.
0: It was in, you know, again, this came out, like, in um, a time where I was, like, in a different headspace, so maybe yeah. I need to go back and revisit it. It was beginning of the year, and I was dealing with a lot of stuff.
1: Um, um, but, yeah. I think uh, it'll age well. I think this will be I, one 20, I can see that. 30 years from now people are going to look back, and at least it's still going to be, feel like a good movie, whether or not it's, um, it, the themes all hit, you know, still. I think a lot of this stuff with the class we're going to see a different perspective on it later on uh, you know we're going through a crazy time and all that but um yeah. yeah
0: no i think so too i think this is out of every movie we we uh, list here today i feel like um this movie will be viewed
1: as like the movie of 2022 mm. and it's probably so not so i think it's probably going to get best picture just but politically like i just i don't see it going any other way
0: yeah i and if like i'm with you and if it like i feel like it deserves that like again like I can't say that, like, I didn't enjoy it. I just, you know, it, it, to me, is well-crafted. It's it's well-written. It just, um, again, it's a movie that I probably should should revisit. Um, But, all right, my number two um, is um, a movie that, uh, again, snuck up and surprised me, and that's Bones and All. Um, Luca Guadagnino's Direction isn't my favorite, but... Uh, like, I wasn't a huge fan <clears throat> of uh, his Suspiria remake, which... That partly because, I, you know, it wasn't bad. Dakota Johnson is in it. She's... I mentioned how much I love her. I love the original um, film so much that it kind of, like... I, I'm Anytime I hear a remake, I'm like, kind of... Especially of a movie like Suspiria. Um, and then Call Me By Your Name, I just didn't... I, I didn't... Again, that's a movie I just didn't connect with. I know a lot of people love that movie, but I just it emotionally... It, it just fell flat for me. This movie, on the other hand, hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, the, I, I've seen so many people talk about this movie, and, um, you know, there are uh, a lot of different things that you can um, make an allegory for the cannibalism or the um, the thirst they have for human flesh. But to me, it's, like, obvious that this is a movie about addiction and how people can get through addiction. I think I compared it in my review to... Um, The 1990 movie starring Jason Patrick, uh, Rush. I don't know if you've ever seen that film. Um, but uh, I think Jennifer Jason Lee is is, is uh, his partner in that. Anyways, he, they, he's an undercover cop. He gets addicted to drugs, and they have to, he they have to rely on each other to not only survive being undercover, but survive this addiction. Right, and I felt that through bones and all is like this is a movie about addiction. This is about surviving and beating that uh, demon that lives within you. And you know, uh, I think it's v- very sympathetic to that. Like, um, it's like you know most addicts um, don't choose to be addicts because they want to be addicts, right? They're an addict because they have this compulsion to do something that they can't control, and it's mm-hmm. about finding a way to control it, whether it's through um, love, whether it's through support systems, and um, yeah, it just to me, it really, I think, is a, is a beautiful film, and um, gives one of my favorite performances of the year by Mark Rylance, who, honestly, I'm not a huge Rylance fan, but I think his performance as solely in this is fantastic.
1: I agree. Um, he was definitely my favorite part of it, and I wanted more of him. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a good movie. I, I probably should watch it again, um, and I, I think I'll like it more each time I watch it. Um, but when I left the theater, I kind of wanted more Mark Ryland Yeah, so I was like, man, this sure. could have been a really like good horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are calling it a horror movie, but I think you're right yeah. about how it's 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 more about addiction. It's more of a drama and. It's good. It's good. Um, I guess, I don't know. Like, there's an emptiness to it that's like, for what it is. Um, and again, I do, I did, I think I gave it like three and a half stars. I can't remember. But um, with a film like this, I almost want more surreal mm-hmm. lighting and cinematography. And it was almost too real. Mm-hmm. Um, and to bring in this surreal element that's like, oh, we've got these cannibals that are all living amongst us and they can mm. smell each other and it's like, okay, I almost wanted, let's like it to feel like an 80s movie or something. Mm. I mean, I, I, like the what we talked about with Barbarian about yeah. that like new retro, like I almost feel like it is missing that little bit and if this had just that little extra stylistic element to it, maybe I would have totally loved this movie. Um, and then again, yeah, Mark Ray Lance, uh, I wanted a little bit more. I wanted, I, not even like it to be about him, but maybe one more really scary scene with him and it would have just, um, done it for me. But, um, no, it was good. I, I I think that's a solid, a solid pick. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the one knock on the movie that I would also throw in there too, is that, uh, there is so much about the love story. And I honestly didn't, the love, like the actual true, like love story between Timothy Chalamet and, um, um, Her name slipped my mind. Uh, Taylor Taylor Russell. Russell, Yeah, Taylor Russell. That was almost secondary to Mm -hmm. anything. And it was, I I didn't view this. I mean, I know people are like, oh, it's a love story. I didn't really view it as a love story. I just viewed it as them uh, needing each other to overcome their addiction. But um, what is your number one film of 2022?
1: All right. My number one film of 2022 is one that you already had mentioned that you have not seen this year. And um, is the pinnacle of uh, movies uh, discussing class, and that's going to be *Triangle of Sadness*. <sighs> I want to see this movie so bad. It's just—it's <laughs> it just not anywhere. I can't watch it. It's just uh, yeah. it's painful. So hopefully, it is available somewhere to see. I saw—I saw it in theaters, um, and I—I I just absolutely love this movie. It is—it is totally everything that. Um, we've been talking about, about just the division between class and the warfare, but you know, just in a nutshell, it's, um, this, you know, male model and his like, uh, influencer girlfriend go on this yacht with all these, uh, well, wealth, super wealthy people. And they, you know, they crash. And the, the only person who knows how to like fish and survive is like the lady who was, mm-hmm. uh, scrubbing toilets. Who's also a minority and just everything changes. And, uh, it is, I mean, I have not laughed so hard in a movie theater since probably Jackass 2. <laughs> um, if we're going to give you a mission, Jackass. Yes. And, uh, you know, I remember laughing hysterically during that. I laughed so hard in this movie. And um, Woody Harrelson is great. Um, the lesser known uh, leads uh, Harris Dickinson. He's been in a couple of other things. Uh, he's really good. Everybody's really good in it. Um, and it's just funny. It's just funny. It's a satire. It's just the quintessential flipping societal norms on its head. And it just lets you bask in and laugh at that. And it's just done so artfully and so creatively and tastefully that, um, I really liked it. I think a lot of people's complaints with there there is a you know without spoiling anything there is a little bit of ambiguity in the end, mm-hmm. and I, I, I feel a little bit of that frustration. I totally get that, but I also liked the way that it ended. And um, I yeah I can't wait for you to see that one and for you to give me your thoughts on that.
0: Uh, so I'm I guess uh it is now available to rent on Amazon if I'm, an Apple TV. Okay. So I'm okay. This is yeah. I have plans this weekend. <laughs> Uh, to watch this. This is probably one of the movies that I hated hated to miss the most. This and Babylon were the two movies that I was like, man, I got to see these before I make a list, but it just seemed like Babylon was never coming to me, and it mm-hmm. was not going to be able to be rented anytime soon, and I had been checking for Triangle of Sadness forever. I'm a huge fan of, of – um, I don't really – I'm terrible with with uh, names, but um, Reuben um, – uh I don't yeah, know. Oastland. Oastland. Oh, yeah. I, I love Force Mazur. Uh never saw the square, even though that movie like I remember seeing Trezor Ford being like, I wanna see this uh, but I love Force Mazur. He's obviously a a very talented filmmaker. I just I can't wait to watch this movie and you having it at the top of your list just screams to me like oh, I should have probably seen it before I
1: made my list but you
0: know I can always go back and revise right I can always go back and revise Oh my yeah list.
1: and again you know there's so many that I haven't seen that might shift things around mine have shifted a little bit too I guess I I also didn't say this at the beginning like um like if you watch my TikToks I give a certain rating of a movie mm-hmm. sometimes that changes after yeah. a few weeks I'll go back and be like you know this one has stuck with me. I'm going to bump it up because I don't think I appreciated it enough when I left the theater or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's always evolving. Now, this one, I went in totally blind. Um, I mean, I saw the trailer once, but, like, passively, I didn't really know what was going to happen mm-hmm. in the movie. And, um, yeah, there's this really long scene at the beginning where the um, the two main characters, the male model and the influencer, are just discussing, like, what they're looking for out of the dynamic of the you know, nuclear relationship or something, you know, and it's like this long, it's uh, quite a long scene. And you're just listening to them over dinner, talking about what they expect in a relationship. And um, I'm just like, where the hell is this movie going? Is this, are we really about to watch dinner conversation for, for two hours? Um, And then like, you know, when the movie ends, you're like that dinner, that dinner scene was so necessary. (laughs) It was so necessary because it just, all of that shit is thrown up in everybody's face. I mean, it's so good. So, I, yeah, yeah, let me let me know if you if you check it out. <laughs> I,
0: I definitely will, and I can't wait to talk about it. Um, all right, so my number one film of 2022 uh, is a movie that was on your um, on your uh, honorable mention. I think the Banshees mm-hmm. of Inshrine uh, Inshrine Um I uh, again, this is a movie I think that um, I, I, so I, I I mentioned this on Alive. I, I was talking to some people on Alive, and I think that Martin McDonough has his pulse on American culture better than anyone. Um, and probably be, not being an American, it makes it easier, right? You have an outsider's perspective a little bit. It's like your two best friends or your 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 friend who is in a relationship or she's in a relationship. And um, you can just, you have a better view of the relationship from the outside. And when you're on the inside, you, you kind of don't see the issues that both sides are having. Um, this movie to me, uh, is all about the political divide, right? It's about two people who have strong a uh, relationship. Uh, they have a lot of things that anchor them, but they have this huge. Um, not, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's like it's, it is a misunderstanding. But but basically, I don't think this is too big of a sport. Brendan Gleeson's character just decides. I don't want to be around Colin Farrell anymore. He's kind of dim, right? I don't want to be up associated with him. Mm-hmm. And he kind of forgets all the good things that Colin Farrell brings to their relationship. Um, you know, the, the, the nicety, the, the comfort, the, the humor, those things, right? Um, uh, and for a lot of different reasons, right? That he they they end up rejecting each other, and what we see is this infighting. And also the other thing too is in the background you have this civil war going on the the Irish uh, civil war in the background, and so there's a lot of just like subtle uh, moments that speak to that. And this movie, out of every movie I saw this year, um, I was I was moved to tears. And I, after it was over, I just sat there and really thought. And like was really introspective because I think, um, as American, something I want to put forth in, in in this new year is just to be more mindful of disagreements I have with people I love and care about, but also the way I treat strangers, the way I treat people that I don't know their story and what they're facing. It's easy to jump to conclusions or to point fingers, but, um, Everyone is a person. Everyone has a story and everyone has issues that we don't know about. We don't know what they're going through every day. Um, So this movie just really, really, really hit me and it moved me in in a way. And I think I mentioned at the beginning of this, like film can really change your outlook on life and it can really change who you are if you allow it to. And this is a movie that changed me. And it's another movie I mentioned, Barbarian, I, I recommend. I'm trying to get everyone I know to see this movie because I feel like it can truly make a difference if you really see this movie and um, accept what it's saying and-, and become a little bit more introspective. So um, I'm-, I'm getting weepy here talking
1: about it, but I really, really love this movie, as you can tell. And it wasn't <clears throat> It wasn't on my... Uh honorable mentions list but it should oh be, i'm sorry it was on the 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 other list that you read from your viewer but um okay. sorry. i believe but um I, you know i i agree with everything that you said so it's it's super introspective and um it is a solid movie it's some of the better performances of the year for sure i think i rated it at three and a half i don't know it didn't miss for me necessarily. So that's why maybe it should be on my honorable mentions. There are a couple like that, but um, maybe I just wanted a little bit more. Like I had seen a lot of the hype from it going into it. And I was like, well, I got to watch this. And I watched it, uh, you know, at home, not in the theaters. And um, not that it's a super theater, you know, not, not that you need to see it in theater or anything, but um, probably one that I'll need to watch again to really, uh, look a little bit deeper and peel some more layers back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that too, like there was
0: a lot of hype behind this movie, right? Like you said, like there's a lot being put into this. And if you compare this to other Martin McDonough films, right in Bruges, which has that, like that ending where it's like super intense. And you, you think back to, um, three boards, um, outside of, um, I always get that movie title messed up, yeah. uh, um, but I mean, three billboards, three, three billboards, <laughs> um, you know, that movie was like, had this robust cast and, and uh, had, you know, the scene um, with um, Woody Harrelson. That is just like, just shocking and, and, and just a lot in that movie too. Um, but I, I think this is like a more quiet, it's a quieter movie. There are some shocking pieces, but it's very more subtle. Right. Um, it's and I, I, you know it's not um i don't think it's the cultural touchstone of something like um everywhere or even um even some other films that we've mentioned um but i just to me it like just hit me in a special place um and and, and that's what's great about these lists too like there's no right or wrong answer right this is film is uh, objective and it, you, we we like what we like and uh, when we're in different places in life, things affect us differently. And I think that that's uh, important to understand. And man, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun um, going over your list. Do you want to, you want to talk about some of our favorite performance performances, our favorite scores, our favorite cinematography, anything you want to, you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, we can. Um, the, the one thing that I wanted to mention that hadn't come up is the whale. Um, which... I didn't, I haven't
0: got to see the whale either. Unfortunately.
1: So, you know, doesn't make my honorable mentions um as far as a movie goes i was incredibly underwhelmed but i do think that brendan fraser is uh, you know he's incredible in the movie um i know there's some controversy behind you know wearing a fat suit Mm. and and all that I i don't you know i don't know the ins and outs of it but his performance was great i i would love to see best actor come out of that i don't know yeah again the oscars a whole other thing from what is uh mm-hmm. you know going through our minds but um definitely worthy to mention um and then you know I didn't see tar but like I have high hopes that Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett is delivering you know the best performance of the year in that movie just based on what I've heard so I'm excited to see it um uh we didn't talk about uh, like the Fablemans had a couple of good mm. performances in it, but you know another incredibly underwhelming movie. Yeah. Um. I thought for me, same. Um. I um, I I my
0: letterbox review was um. He Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg made me love film watching that fall <clears throat> re, like just fall back in love with movies, but it made me absolutely hate his family. Like I just mm. it was like nails on a chalkboard. Um. I really liked uh, Michelle Williams' performance in that movie, but yeah. Paul Dano's performance just I was not. I don't know.
1: was it maybe. And so I know there's some controversy, like whether or not she's going to be, if she's nominated for best actress, she's basically not going to get it. So Mm -hmm. maybe she should have been nominated for best supporting Supporting, actress. But I I know there's going to be some, I I think there was some buzz that, and I don't know if it was with the Oscars or if it was a different festival, but like, you know, she shouldn't be nominated for best actress because she's not going to get it. First of all. And second of all, she's a supporting actress in the movie. Right. Um, what Brad is... Pitt in the, in Babylon um you know just reinforces my theory that Brad Pitt is the best supporting actor of all time. Mm.
0: I dude um, I real quick as a leading man he's not it as a supporting actor you are 100% correct he is so good in supporting roles. His best performances
1: are always in support. always yeah. Yeah like 12 monkeys is probably one of my oh, favorite um love it yes. and just wild and yeah just You know, I can't even off the top of my head think of very many, you know, Brad Pitt leading roles that I care for very much. But supporting, yeah, 100%. Uh, Um, What was your most surprising movie of the
0: year? A a movie that you didn't think you were going to like or you came out of nowhere and was like, whoa, this movie is a lot better than I expected. Um, Just to give you an example, for me, honestly, and it almost made my list, was the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie. I was not expecting that to be that good, but I laughed several times and the animation style is so conflicting on screen. It made my brain hurt, but I, I loved it. Uh, it was a good hurt. Uh, I don't know if you, if you check that out, but, um, it's, um, it's on Disney plus I think. Yeah, it's on, it's a Disney plus, but it's, uh, Akiva Schaefer, um, Andy Sandberg, John Mulaney, uh, just, I, I actually was surprised by how much I liked that movie.
1: Um, I did not see it, and I'm not ignoring you. I'm pulling up my letterbox oh, no, here so that I can get. You're all good. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. Like Amsterdam to me was the disappointment of the year. I had really high hopes for that movie, mm-hmm. and then it kind of tainted. Like I said, it kind of tainted my perspective going into Babylon because I was like, it really looks like the same kind of Oscar Beatty kind of yeah. big, big cast kind of. Um, so Amsterdam was a, a super disappointment. I'm just kind of flipping through here. things that that, um you know we didn't talk about nope i thought nope was fine it was kind of a
0: disappointment Um, for me i'll be honest
1: with you yeah i i I love jordan peele
0: um i think uh, us is i I get out is great us to me is i think completely underrated i think those two films are neck and neck in in Mm -hmm. quality nope was a really tough watch for me and i was pretty disappointed. I mean, I gave
1: it, I think I gave it three stars, but how did you feel about Nope? I gave it, I gave it three stars. I I agree. I mean, Get Out is such a good movie and Us is good as well. Um, I definitely think Get Out is doing something really, uh, you know, did something really new for, um, I don't want to say new, Yeah, there's nothing new, but, um, it, it did something really impactful, especially for somebody's first film. Mm -hmm. Um, and Nope, I, you know, I, I I go back to this over and over again, but I'm so mad at the marketing for Nope. I mean, they just told us everything in the trailers, yeah. and it really made me upset. I would love to have gone into that movie and not really known what we were going to be facing, mm-hmm. and they did not give us that opportunity. And you know, we go to the movie theater a lot. We that that trailer was shoved down our throat, and yeah. it wasn't even the first or second trailer where they showed kind of like what's going on, and I'm yeah. like so what am i going to see then like i i know what the point is and then the first half of the movie i'm like well i know that there's something in the sky yeah like, well, you know this is, i know right not, none of this is gonna surprise me
0: yeah um it definitely should have had like a Shyamalan uh, marketing um uh, yeah I, I agree um oh.
1: let's see uh, real quick we, we didn't talk um uh, we didn't talk about how good Morbius was. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I didn't say no, it. No, you mentioned uh, Incredible Weight of Massive Talent, and, I've, and I meant to chime in here real quick. That was my most probably my, you know, I said this about Amsterdam too, but um, Incredible Weight of Massive Talent was probably my most anticipated movie. of the mm. year. I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan. I've been looking forward to this since it first was announced, and it was delayed because of COVID and all this. I liked it, but it just didn't it didn't do it for it didn't do enough um, for me um and then i'll end on on this note as far as being cuz i've just talked about all my disappointments but <laughs> as far as just um there were two that just pleasantly surprised me and they were both straight to streaming platforms and um a uh, fresh to me was just i honestly that should have made my honorable mentions um i thought fresh was a really fresh and unique (laughs) movie. And I really loved my experience watching that for the first time. Um, And then you mentioned Prey also. um, I can't remember if it was you or if it was um, the other list that we discussed at the beginning, but uh, Prey was great. Prey was was a great addition. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't anything more than I thought it would be, um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think there was a lot of meaning into the casting and and into the production process and it's always fun to get those little tidbits and to watch behind the scenes and see how much fun people are having making a movie. And I think with prey, they like they had a blast making that movie and they were able to incorporate a lot of their culture. And, and I just love, I love that. And it was a great movie.
0: Yeah. It was on my honorable mention. It was on my list for a, a long time. Like, honestly, it was on my top 10 for a while. Um, so, real quick, just some movies that were really disappointing to me. I, I was really looking forward to this, The Scream, uh, the new Scream. I, I mm-hmm. love The Scream franchise. Um, I even think that uh, 4 is actually pretty good. This movie I absolutely hated, um, and I know that a lot of people liked it. I'm. Uh, what are
1: your thoughts on on? So, I didn't see it. So, I'm behind on my – so, I, I know they're coming out with a new one, and I already have made plans to <laughs> – rewatch all so i've Mm -hmm. seen the first two Mm -hmm. but the second one i mean it's been a long time i watched the first one i've seen the first one a few times um so i need to rewatch so i have not i did not watch the one last year um i don't think i've seen three or four even yeah
0: we did a scream um like a, a revision where we we watched all the movies uh uh and we reviewed them and but man, I just really hated that movie. Um, just felt like it was a bloated cast. So it was a big disappointment because I was really looking forward to it. Uh, the other huge disappointment for me and a movie that I was like super uh, excited for, um, and I think a lot of people were in the horror genre, was Halloween Ends. I just I did not like that movie at all. Um, I didn't
1: see that one either. so I gave up on those and um, and maybe that's my fault but um i'm oh. over i'm over the revamp of the revamp yeah. of the revamp i, I don't think the, you missed much uh, you know and i just yeah i, I don't know i, I may or yeah. may not ever revisit those
0: yeah like i said i don't visit think, them don't think um, you're 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 missing anything there um the other disappointment and i don't know if it was hocus this, pocus too yeah yeah, focus <laughs> two was Jurassic World Dominion. I don't know what I was yeah. expecting from it, um, but it was so bad. And I, even the last two, were, I think, it had some merit. This movie just—it was absolutely—it was long and it was bad and it was really tough to sit through. Um, so I agree. No,
1: I mean, I was watching. I mean, I
0: love Jurassic
1: Park. The, the original Jurassic Park is my favorite movie of all time. Um, so it's like, oh, we're going to bring everybody back together. And yep. I was always very skeptical that, like, okay, this is a uh, is not going to be any anything good. And yeah, I mean, I'm like sitting there halfway through and I'm like, where is – who's after them? Yeah. Nobody. What's going on? Like yeah. they're just conveniently Locus. falling into dino traps every once in a while. Like, Locus. There's no security team. There's no military. Right. There's no – nothing after that. Like it just – I didn't understand what uh, their thought process was behind writing that movie. It
0: was not not much. Um, the um... – the biggest surpri- one of the biggest surprise for me, and then I have I'll tell you my my, my mm-hmm. least favorite film of the year. Um yep. my my uh biggest surprise honestly was Lost City. Um with uh, really? Channing okay. Tatum and it, not that it's a good movie or a great movie. It's just was very enjoyable and gave me some, uh, romancing the stone vibes. I don't know if you've ever seen romancing the stone, Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah I did that. They gave me the, and I laughed and I had, it was a good, like fun date movie. Um, so I, I expect, I didn't, I'll be honest. I let my wife pick like, Hey, we're going to go to the movies. Like, um, what do you want to see? Of course she picks that. And I was just like, uh, it's not going to, and I enjoyed myself. I left it. I laughed. I had a good time. Um, my least favorite film of the year. And um, this is like my most popular TikTok. And I feel bad because I don't like bashing on movies. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like bashing on people's hard work that they put in. Um, but Sharp Stick by Lena Dunham was yeah. almost offensive in how
1: bad it was. Um, the, the talent. I did not see it, but I have. I have. I maybe even saw your TikTok on this one, but I have seen a few videos about it. But um, yeah, I, I can see that. It unfor- it just is unfortunate. There's a level
0: of self awareness that I think has been zapped from Lena Dunham, unfortunately. Uh John Barrenthal, who I have a lot of respect for as an actor, and uh Jennifer Jason Lee the movie just is it's it was painful to watch. Um and I, I know like I read afterwards that she wrote the main character to be neurodivergent, um autistic for those that aren't familiar with the, the the framing there, but it's not addressed in the film. So it, a lot of things that are happening just feel like you're making fun of the main character or who in the world would live this life or make these decisions or these actions. It just was, I mean, it it it's offensive. It's like, and, and, and not like, oh, like it's offensive to any single person. It's a, just an offense. Like it is a very bad movie. Um and it's unfortunate because I think they're all talented people that are working on this um that worked on it. But that was my least favorite film of the year. Anything else you want to add to this uh podcast before we wrap it up?
1: There were some bad movies that I think were fine um and, and you know so I you know another thing that I do on my TikTok uh for anybody who cares is uh like bad movies that are good. Mhm. I love So it. there were some bad ones like okay Morbius, you know, but I still enjoy, you know, that was probably my that's one of the few one stars that I gave, but I I still I would probably watch it again and just to mm. like have some drinks too with some friends and call out all the problems with it. Like <laughs> right. I just I think that would be a good one for that. Um, you know then there's like the brilliant Titanic 666, uh, which is a Tubi original movie. Uh, definitely recommend and then there okay. were a couple of bad Christmas movies this year you know um, uh, two one star movies that I have are falling for Christmas uh, with Lindsay Lohan her nice return to cinema Okay, yeah. Um, it's just kind of a bad she's like this wealthy spoiled heiress and she like falls off a ski lift or something and like knocks her head and she forgets who <laughs> she is so this guy this okay. you know like business owner you know homely guy like you know takes her under his wing and she, they fall in love and then there's a Christmas with you, which is uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s oh, okay. uh, return to cinema, if you will. I don't know if he's done anything lately, but uh, you know he's really happy with this movie because he was able to really embrace his uh, Latino heritage. And I didn't even know that he was. Yeah. Uh, I think he's Puerto Rican. Yeah. And um, I didn't even know that about him. Um, really bad, but like another <laughs> really fun yeah. like Christmas time movie that you can watch and just totally make fun of and like. Um, It's silly, and it's music-based, so there's some singing and stuff in it. Uh, And then I just want to see what are my – I have one more Christmas Bloody Christmas. I gave one star, mm.
0: uh,
1: you know, uh, just another bad Christmas movie. <laughs> um, Christmas Bloody Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So that's – I had to just go ahead and plug those since we were going to talk about yeah. bad ones. I figured, Here you, you know, there are some bad ones that are bad, but – uh. We love to watch, and I will watch all of those again at some point. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, you know, the, you're right. I think uh, two, uh, two on my list that fall into that category. One is Ambulance, Michael Michael Bay's movie. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, The Invitation, which that that yeah. movie I could have been so good. And again, I had high hopes for that.
1: I thought that could have been the coolest movie. Yeah. If the whole movie was like the last five minutes of the movie. Yes, it could have been a good movie. yeah.
0: I agree. And if the marketing didn't reveal every single turn yeah. in that movie oh, yeah. too, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I, that's probably a movie I'll eventually watch again. Cause I did have a good time in it. And I, I mean, I recognize the flaws in it and the same thing with ambulance. Um, there was some shit in ambulance where it's just driving me crazy. And my wife is a nurse, so she was even more crazy about some of the medical stuff that happens mm-hmm. in it. But yeah, okay. it's just, you know, it's batshit fun. Like those are two movies that I would throw in there too. Um, one movie I wanted to bring up that we didn't talk about, and i was just kind of curious uh, real quick on your thoughts yep. on it, because it got hated on uh, quite a bit. I actually enjoyed it. It obviously didn't make my top ten. It's not honorable mention, but I gave don't it three. Don't darling. No I, no, I did not like that movie at all. Okay, but... no, I, I was just trying to guess. I don't know um, where you're going with this. The
1: Gray Man. The Gray Man? I didn't watch that okay. one. It okay. just did not um, – it's one of those – because that was – not in theaters, was it? No. Was that just a if it was streaming? in theaters? Yeah. It was
0: in a very short window for Netflix. That's another one
1: that I just—it's uh, on my list and not something that I felt that the immediate need to watch in order to make any kind of ranking mm. for this year. Yeah,
0: it's extremely mediocre, um, but it just has gotten such bad reviews that, and I, like I said, I. I gave it a mediocre review, but I enjoyed it. I had like a decent time with it. So I was okay. just interested to see your thoughts. You don't have any though, but uh, don't worry, darling, we can talk about that. I did not like that movie at all. Um, I was very disappointed in the ending of it. Cause I thought it had some really good meat on the bones in the first, uh,
1: probably first and second act, I would say, but the ending is so stupid. Uh, yeah. I mean, it had, it had enough plot holes for every other movie that came out this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, there's so many issues with that movie. Um, you know it, but it, but it's not just that there are issues with it it's like the inciting incident yes. is problematic yes. like you have the airplane that crashes right. that like lures her out into the desert where she just blah 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 blah. why did the airplane crash if they yeah. are if they have developed this um program that they all exist in why is there an airplane crashing that's going to lead yeah. somebody why? to the entrance does it, make it just sense? does not make sense and that to me is why it's like frustrating because I can deal with in a movie like that, I can deal with some plot holes here and there. Yeah. But when you're inciting incident or any like major beat in the movie mm-hmm. revolves around something that makes no sense. Um, you know, that's an issue. And I kinda went to TikTok and I'm just like, somebody explain the airplane to me. Somebody explain the airplane. Like, oh, well, you know, oh, it means, you know, it's it is symbolic of the desire to leave and the kid had a little toy airplane. That's great but like you're talking about a bunch of dudes that made a program for all Great. these people to live in. Why is there an airplane crashing? Yeah. You, don't. no one can answer that. And it, and it, it you know, makes me upset.
0: I remember when the film was, <laughs> no, I remember the film was over. I, my wife looks at me and she goes, so what did the airplane mean? And like, she, you know, she's, uh, uh, she asked a lot of questions and mm. she expects me to know the answer. And I literally looked <laughs> at her and I was know. like, I have no, I have no clue. I, I don't know. And so then I'm on the internet, I'm on Reddit trying to figure out what did, what did the airplane mean? And no one really had an answer. Like you said, there was no, it was either left out of the script. Maybe there's a director's cut. That's the other thing too. Is like, maybe at the movie like mm. this, we'll get a director's cut or some kind of cut that explains it and makes the movie better. But
1: yeah, that movie hurt. It had a lot of, you know, in my, you know, people that I watched it with, like, uh, just a lot of questions. They're having sex. Are they really having sex? Yeah. Is he having sex with her? Is he plugging in? What is Like it just, uh-huh. There's a lot of, it raises more questions than it, it answers as far as just, we don't ever get any satisfying answers in that movie, but. uh Totally agree. Totally agree. A couple of, a couple of all right performances. I love Florence Pugh. I will never, you know. She's fantastic. Uh, bash her performance in that movie. Um Olivia Wilde, I think, you know, there was a, you know, there, there a lot of drama on that set, mm-hmm, you know, right. I, it, just from here and around, um around the time it came out, but. I would love to see her continue to make movies. I think that there is something there. I think she's a talented person. Totally I just don't agree. Think that yeah. this one was it. Totally agree.
0: Um, yeah. No, I, I, you know, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Booksmart, like, I, but it's not a bad mm-hmm. movie. Um, and uh, I think this movie too was like well executed. Like she's obviously understands the technical aspects of creating a film, and uh, I am, I can, I imagine she's a good director on set because everything seemed, but it just. The script failed her right i mean i don't yeah. know what the, the 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 script looked like i haven't actually read that script and maybe like i said maybe there's parts of it that made sense that had to be
1: edited i don't know um but yeah oh and and hey um you know you had mentioned like uh soundtracks i thought that might have been one of my favorite soundtracks that was uh, a great soundtrack you? you're out yes i really liked the breathy like mm-hmm. trippy soundtrack you know um that was one thing that I, I remember mentioning in my review too. Is just I liked, I didn't hate the movie. I mean, it had a lot of mm. issues. I really liked the soundtrack. I liked to, I would like to see more of that in uh, movies these days, and less, you know, of the cinematic universe orchestral themes. Yeah,
0: you no, know, I'm with you 100. Um, I, I that's one thing I should have mentioned about Bones and Tar too. B- bones and Tar, uh, Bones and all. Uh, and Tar both of their uh, I like both of their yeah Bones and All had
1: a good soundtrack good also.
0: soundtrack and then you know Tar obviously it does some really fun things with the orchestra because that's what it's about yeah. so it just is a neat score and a neat um, yeah anyways that too and actually you know um, I, uh, you, you mentioned Glass Onion I think that has a decent soundtrack as well okay, um, okay. but um, alright I think that's gonna do it for this episode David
1: give us a plug one more time where can we find you on the internet you can find me on TikTok at David Film Talk. That is the best place to find me. And uh, I'll see you all there for movie
0: trivia. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Midnight Film Review. We will catch you on the flip side.